Aldo Gandia here with Tyler Ellis and uh, Danny Shimmy should be joining us shortly. Um, I am emotionally a wreck what this game uh, did. The poor officiating, the uh, penalties by the Chicago Bears, the incredible comeback attempt, the emergence of Justin Fields, um, the dramatic ending. There are so many other things that happen in this game. I, I, I feel like crying. I feel like punching something. I feel emotionally a, a wreck. And um, fortunately, I got my man Tyler here. We'll figure uh, things out. Uh, and uh, Tyler, let me know what your thoughts were to the game. Um, first and foremost, thank you all for joining us this evening. Um, we, we, got, we got the draft legend Danny joining us right now. But um, everybody, Bears Nation, um, it, that that was a, it was a tough loss. Excuse excuse my surroundings. I'm actually on duty, but um, come win, win lose or draw, we're gonna bring you the news. And so it was it, it, it hurt Aldo because of the officiating. Just it, it seemed like it was definitely not just controversial, but just like it just favored one side over the other. We obviously weren't in Chicago. Not that that means anything. But first thing first, that first half, it looked like it was about to be an embarrassment. Honestly, it looked like we were about to get, get completely outmatched, outclassed in every aspect. I didn't know what we were doing offensively. It looked like they made an attempt to go to Allen Robinson early. Like they remember he was on the team, which was pretty cool. But um, at the end of the day, we just couldn't get into a single rhythm. And then all of, honestly, Aldo, I saw something that I haven't seen all year long. We took legitimate shots downfield. And that was a second-half adjustment, one of the first times that I've seen an offensive adjustment all season long from this coaching staff, and they actually allowed Justin to go downfield multiple times. Cole Komet almost had 100 yards pass on re receiving, and so, I mean, you got six different receivers catching the ball. David Montgomery looks very healthy, to, in my opinion. So I, I know John, my brother John doesn't like moral victory, <laughs> so I don't want to give any because we did, we did lose the game, so we need to be transparent with that aspect. But – um. Justin Fields did show what he can do in pressure situations. Um, that 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 last minute, those, those touchdowns, that that drive, Aldo. I I was hoping that was the game-winning drive. I was like, okay, in the game right now, and I was hoping we was going to end it off with a pick six or a sack, but that didn't happen. Um, the Bears come up short, but I don't. I wanted to fight. I don't want to be embarrassed on national TV because in national TV, the rest of the nation gets to see what we see, and I'm glad that we got to put on a better show. For Port, Virginia McCaskey turning, I'm 99 years old, 100 years old in a, in a couple of weeks. So she flew all the way to Chicago, missing only one game um, during the pandemic. And um, that, that's really, that's the synopsis of what I got. Brother Danny, what, what, what was your take, brother? Well, I mean, I mean, the, the the positive, like you said, Tyler, the positive is like you know this team first quarter looked like they're they're you know outclassed, outmatched in terms of you know on the field talent. Uh, you know, luckily they were able to get some something going there at the end of the half, and then came out and and then you know put a better showing on in, in the second half. For me, it's 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 the penalties, man. I mean that I mean that just shows a a lack of discipline. Uh, a lack of accountability with, throughout the football team, and that goes from the top down. So that's, that's got to you look, you look at the coaching staff. It starts with the head coach, and then just work work your way down. I mean, some of the calls were just ridiculous, like like that 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 uh, taunting call on on Cassius Marsh was was I mean that was just outrageous. I mean that even even the the PI on um, the pass interference on Jalen Johnson was to me it was it was a little bit like borderline. I mean, I, I mean that, that looked like it was more push off offensively on the receiver than it was uh, pass interference. However. 
know, the, you know, the, the referees made some horrible calls, I guess, I guess on both both sides, but I just looked like it favored the Bears more in terms of some of the bad calls. But what was it? What was the final count there? I lost track after 10 there, although was it 13 penalties for over 100 yards or something like that? 12 penalties for the Bears, 115 yards. That's ridiculous. Five penalties for the Steelers, 30 yards. That's ridiculous. I mean, this is not just, I mean, the, the you know, the 12 or, or that not, not, not a huge number is, is a bit, you know, something hasn't, we haven't seen every week, but we've seen eight, seven, six, five, huge crucial penalties, undisciplined penalties, guys taking swings at players, so on and so forth. And, and it's got to stop. It has to stop. And, you know, you know that's that's the negative for me. The Bears should have won these last two games, in my opinion. They should be five and four going into the bye. The 49ers team are is, is a crap team, in my opinion, especially when they're injured and undermanned, and they lost to them. And then this team, they you know they can't come on. They should have won this game here as well. But again, I just the penalties galore. Just put them behind the eight ball. But the positive for me, and I've been saying this all along, the rest of the season is all about Justin Fields. And, guys, I tweeted it before that drive started. This could have been the custom coming out party. That drive could have been the coming out party for Justin Fields. And that was. You want to see that young kid in hostile you know, environment on the road go down and give your team the lead with, with a huge drive touchdown drive. And that, guys, is what you can hang your head on in terms of this victory here or this loss here is, is that positive there. Now, Tyler, I'm with you. I don't believe in moral victories. You know, th there's no column that says moral victories. It's either a one or a loss or a tie, right? There's no moral victories. So, but we're developing a young quarterback here. And you saw this kid getting better and better and better. All the what I've been saying and, and bare truth, I've been saying I, it's all about Justin Fields. I want to see him continue to take that process, get better and better. And I think tonight we saw some of that. You know, we saw us take some of the deep shots downfield. You saw, you know, he missed a couple of them, but he started connecting a little bit more. That that um, the combination between him and, and Cole Komet, that's exciting. You want to see that and a young, you know, young team develop that chemistry. Uh, but man, that drive, that, that was a Justin Fields coming out party drive. Just unfortunately, the Bears just couldn't finish it off with a victory and make us all feel good going into the bye. Danny, you made a good point, brother, when you talked about Justin Fields being a coming out party because, in my opinion, Justin Fields took a beating this game, and a lot of those things weren't called as well. I mean, you saw players taking one, two, three steps and getting laid out, and, and, and then no no, no flags. So the flags was a lot today, but not in our Bears' favor when it was necessary. I mean, the, they, they took a, a touchdown off the board on that holding call when he was inside that box that they showed. But then Justin Fields gets laid out, Right. After he delivered the ball, took a step, and nobody says anything. So much respect to our future, to our franchise quarterback Justin Fields. A guy in the chat just said he did everything he could, and I when he he took hits to the back of the head. I mean, he 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 fell awkwardly. I don't know if I like the way he slides. He slides too much. No, the way he slides because it, it leaves an awkward. It's not the slide; it's the impact after the slide that that can cause injury. But for Justin just to stay in there. Just so so much tenacity and grit, and I love this guy Aldo. You see this way this man loves to run the a gap. He's like he's not afraid to just go up the a gap, and so those things are very. I'm very very excited about Aldo. What you got, brother? One of the things, guys, real quick is, is if you're a heavily penalized team like the Bears have been throughout this year, you get a reputation. The referees know you and they expect you. They look at you even more. So you know the Bears have a reputation of being a heavily penalized you know team that's undisciplined. And I like that that Marsh play. Like when he thought, the referee was just looking at him. He was waiting for him, and he kept he was took two, two, three, four steps. I don't think he said anything, but he just kept looking and staring at at the Steelers. He now, had he was head. he, he was in the Steelers in the preseason, so I don't know if he was just like messing with his boys or whatnot. 
but, but he, he, he was looking at him. And, and as soon as he made that little turn, and I think maybe brushing up against the ref was just the final nail in the coffin. And he just kind of threw the flag there. But that was a huge play. They gave him three points that they wouldn't have had at the end of the game. Yeah, I yeah, I hate to complain about the officiating because I think that every team gets screwed. But there, it's undeniable that what we saw today from the NFL officials and Gene Toretti, uh, Torrenti's crew today was just awful. I mean, what they did there in terms of missing calls, for instance, they took away a touchdown for the Chicago Bears. That block was a totally legal block, and I've been trying to find the replay of it because they, uh, ESPN Monday Night Football team, they put the graphic of the tackle box, mm-hmm. and it was clear. Right. It was clear. And why the NFL doesn't allow those types of plays to be reviewed because when you're taking away six points off the scoreboard, it's ridiculous that you can't review that. It's right, right. it's criminal. It's criminal. Fans like Tyler and Danny and John Buffon and me and, and, and Dan Aguirre, all of us are praying and hoping that we win this game and you're going to take the victory away because of incompetence, because of stupid rules, because of stupid processes, because of just plain stupidity. And I, I, it's just infuriating. It is infuriating that those things are happening. And that wasn't the only bad call in that series. Those, those, as you guys talked about, those lack of penalties for roughing Justin Fields. It's, it's ridiculous. It almost feels like they were purposely wanted Justin Fields to get hurt, which of course they probably didn't, right? But it just feels that way. It, it, I'm, I, man, I am just so I'm on edge right now because the NFL officials just screwed this game up for the Chicago Bears. They did. They did. There's no that, doubt about that, it. That one on James Daniels wasn't a penalty. He barely even grazed a player. He wasn't even – even if he was right at the edge of the box, he barely even grazed the player. There was no effect on the player. However, on on a different – I think it might have been in the first, in the first quarter – a defense a defender for the Steelers runs into the knees of, of, of Jason Peters, and that would have been a penalty, and he didn't do that. He went low on Jason Peters. You can't do it either. Offensive players can't do it with defense. Defense can't do it with offense either. So that's the thing. They didn't call it there, but they call it on the Bears on, on a very minimal, you know, close call and took away a touchdown. Took away a touchdown from Jimmy Graham and, and Justin Fields, and that's even more infuriating, you know, in terms of just kind of reliving that again and just getting my blood pressure going as 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 much as all those is going there as well. <laughs> and Tyler, and I know that you're Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collective, but I know that this has to irritate you too to see the Absolutely. NFL officials being so darn incompetent, you know, and and. I put up a graphic today, and let me see if I can find it here uh, on, on uh, footballzebras.com. Lists all of the occupations that these referees have because this is not their full-time job. This is this is their part-time job. Now, take take a look at this. Take a look at this and to see if it doesn't infuriate you more. Tony Carrenti is the former college officiating coordinator. He's a retired educator. Dan Farrell, retired logistics and supply executive. Patrick Farmer is a plant manager. Tim Padroza is a business performance consultant. Anthony Jeffries is in medical sales. Don Willard is a physical therapist. Todd Prokop is a medical sales (laughs) representative. You're telling me that you can't get... An officiating crew, pay them a half a million dollars a year. They're working 60 hours a week studying tape, doing what is necessary to be the best officiating crew in all of sports. This is the National Football League. I spend almost a million dollars a year on shit. 
Use it for to pay for referees. This is effing ridiculous. Mm. Man, oh, man. No, nah, brother Aldo, you right, brother, you are on point. And go back to the collective bargaining agreement. We had those, there was those conversations. Full-time officials, um, full-time officials that can also be penalized. Right. That can also be penalized and be fined as well because the officials aren't always right. It's not right that they um that they they are there is no checks and balances with officials, whatever they say goes, because that official, Danny, you're right on March. Because if you when you guys go back and look at it, he had his hand on the flag when March before March even walked past him. Before right. he even walked past him, he had his hand on the flag, and then the referee stopped where he thought he would be walking. Marsh gracefully just tried to go off the field, and he grazed him and threw the thing. And then the one thing I didn't like was that silly coach. And if I saw him, I'd probably knock him out. Was the coach that tried to lay into March on the sideline? That dude was a jerk, and I he, I don't want to lose his job. But yo, why would he? First of all, how about Marsh making a big time play? Mm-hmm. First of all, making a big time play on being called up from the practice squad. And then oh, we got we got do we, we got Mooney up. Darno Mooney up. Here we go. See if I can hear him. Audio's terrible. We'll try to fix it. Go go ahead, uh, okay. uh, Tyler. It's, it's a, a march. That one of the coaches was trying to lay into March from the sideline, and he the guy didn't do anything wrong. He 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 made he made he made a play. We get a call for these phony these fake taunting things, and then even those things are slippery slopes. And so, but these are game affecting calls. These, like, at some point in time, you got to let the let the men play. Let the man play sometimes. And at the end of the day, Aldo, what you're talking about from this from the NFL, like, it needs to be like Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. It has to be like a, a phone booth. Like, stop the. If I'm a coach and I feel like, like, remember the Titans, if I feel like my team is being cheated, I'm calling everybody off the field. I'm calling everybody off the field and I'm going to the coach. I said, I need to talk to you because this is not right. Because if you're you're affect your people lose jobs off of wins and losses, people lose jobs and it, and they're not gonna go back and say, oh yeah, that was the game with the referees in them. No, sadly, Matt Nagy, it's, it's come down to wins and losses, and the ratio was already bad. These coaches and GMs need all the wins that they can collect at this point for their future careers, and so it truly, truly sucks. But once again, we can hang our hats on the development. I definitely want to talk about Roquan Smith. Bit like no matter what happens, Roquan Smith shows shows up like. I think he found a new gear. <laughs> but the other thing, the other thing that annoys me is, is yeah, I mean, I think that the penalty on Marsh was BS. But then, you know, why go and look at the at the Steelers bench uh, again? Why go do that? Why even why even tempt the referee to throw a flag? And you I are agree, you guys are a marked team. You guys are a highly penalized team. Stop this crap, okay? So so you know, with the coach going off him, I I didn't mind it as much as you did, Tyler, because I'm like, you know what? We want accountability, right? We want these guys to stop doing this shit. And this is a coach is laying into his players, so maybe now he'll learn a lesson. So, no, but, 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 but again, it, it was a BS call. I, I agree it was yeah, a BS call. Yeah, but the way call. he went at Danny, did, 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 did you see Did you see yeah, how he went at I saw it. He said, say, stay away from him. Why are you looking over there at, at the, no, the he team? Went Just, in. He went, he was going, he, the dude was all red in the neck. But that's what everything. we're talking about, Tyler. We, we want accountability. We want these coaching staff to get these players you know the um mario edwards and and, yeah. and and Bilal nichols stop punching these guys you know get discipline on this team and get them off the damn side you had them off there you had no points you and then now all of a sudden again bs call in my opinion but it still extended the drive and they gave him three points and now you end up losing by by less than three points so that was a, the deciding factor in the game so but the other thing is it's um it, it's it's lining up Offsides, like look at the damn ball. You got to get behind him. Marsh was, was there's twice Marsh could have been called for a, um, a neutral zone infraction. He I wasn't saw, called. Luckily. I saw the Bears uh, lined up offsides offsides five times. I saw like, them. Marsh I, I, three of them. 
you know, Roquan did it once, uh, Marsh like two or three times. And we talk and we talk about uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, get you, you got to be disciplined, guys. You got to be disciplined. I know you're trying to get an edge on on, on a on a pass rush and get into that backfield. Uh, but man, it's, it's like it's frustrating. It's just like look at the damn ball, line up yourself with that ball, and don't get off sides. That's the huge thing right there. Is that that's really frustrating. So, but yeah, I mean, but, but there are a lot of positives in this game in terms of the Bears, especially like Eddie Goldman. Talk about Justin Fields. Oh my gosh, you know, Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman, Eddie Goldman was was in the backfield of, of the Steelers so much he should have paid rent. That's how much he was in the backfield of, of the damn Steelers today. But uh, you know, and, and we we went on we went on at Eddie Goldman last uh, Bear Truth in terms of that. You know, pathetic run defense they had against the 49ers, and he came to play today. I mean, he literally owned, uh, you know, Green's. Uh, you know, I feel bad for Green's a rookie, the kid out of Illinois, center. He's undersized center. He's more, he's more of a quicker, faster center than he's a, he is a power guy at the point of contact. And uh, man, uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, uh, 91 is going to be in his dreams all night long. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at that uh, uh, touchdown from Fields to Darnell Mooney. Um, We've got it here from uh, the NFL's Twitter feed. Fields under some pressure. pressure. Throws on the run. Lost one the end zone. It is caught. It's Moody for the touchdown. And that's an outer. That's beautiful because it's literally the same formation that they did with the Jesse James touchdown. Off to the, off to the left. Off the off the foot. If it Fields looks like that's that. Lamar Jackson S type stuff we talking about that Fields can do. He's not hesitating like he did early on with his reps. And the, the throw it on the sideline, that's not that's not a that's not an easy pass because he's running for his life at the same time. But mm -hmm. on the run with the hop and the skip, you gotta love that. Uh turn yeah, feeling the pressure, get out of the pocket, escape. He knows where his escape catch is, gets out there. You know, like we talked about last week, this kid's very comfortable going rolling to his left or rolling to his right, being able to throw, ro rolling to his to his left here. Uh, Right-handed quarterback, he's got to turn his hips. You know, he's got to turn his shoulders to the to the target. You know, and torque get that torque through his hips. Nice, uh, you know, nice feather touch on the ball. Ball placement was was pristine, guys. It was only a spot where Mooney can make the play on the football. Defender had no chance at the at the ball at all. So, you know, ex exciting plays like that is is what you expect to see from Justin Fields. Things like that I saw at Ohio State on a regular basis. Um, you know, that that was that that one throw he uh, down the sideline to Darnell Mooney. What Mooney could kind of just right right outside of his 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 fingertips there. Again, a nice arcing throw, a little bit too far down, but. If they just a little bit, you know, better connection there, that'd been a nice big touchdown play as well. The throw to A Rob on that, that third and two uh, here at the, at the end of the, um, the the fourth fourth quarter there as well. Again, nice throw and touch hitting A Rob on the, on the run there, uh, big time play. I mean, the kid again, just exciting to see him take these next steps and make these big time plays. National television, you know, a big you know big time stage. The kid's not phased. He's not. He's never up too up. He's never too low. Yeah, I apologize. Roquan Smith is at the podium, but the audio that's coming from the Chicago Bears is screwed up. So let's continue our discussion, guys. Um, I'm hope hopefully we can get the audio fixed by the time Matt Nagy gets in there. But you guys were talking about Justin Fields, and I mean his performance today it solidifies my my already conviction that this guy's going to be a great quarterback. Anyone who has been criticizing him, and, and you know, I, I don't want to go off on Bears fans, but I'm tempted to because 
throughout this game, I see so much negativity on social media. It's infuriating. And in fact, some of my close friends, you know, like Dan Aguirre, you know, I can't believe I drove to this nightmare. It's the fucking second quarter, dude. We could still win this game. You know, let's stop being so negative. And you, you know, Tyler, you and, and Danny, I'm sure you guys are from the same school. You never give up. You never give up on a game. Yeah, Even yeah. if it's a game that you don't have any control, you're just a fan like we are in this case. You just never give up. You want to 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 witness greatness. You want to witness great comebacks. Well, how are you going to do that if you're just sitting there sulking and complaining and this and that and so forth? Let's give these guys an opportunity to shine and let's let's be on their side. When Allen Robinson caught that big time pass just prior to that Darnell Mooney touchdown, I was literally in tears because this guy, uh, A-Rob, has so unfairly been blamed. I, I saw people saying he's been uh, lazy. He's not trying hard enough. This guy's been playing through an ankle injury. You think that he wants to only have a half dozen catches after eight season, after eight games this season? No, he wants it badly, but he understands that the Bears have a rookie quarterback. If Andy Dalton would have been in there, he would have had bigger numbers, but he's been playing for this team and playing hard, showing up, and getting the job done as best as he can. Did you see him block downfield on one of those on one of those plays early in the game, he was doing the job. So we shouldn't be down on him. So when he came through late in the game and he got injured in that, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses some time. Uh, you know, I, I was just so happy for him and I was so happy for, for Justin Fields. And again, you guys said it, there's no such things that moral victory, but the reality, the fact is that's what we're looking at now, because this is a team that in two years from now, we won't recognize some of the guys on the rosters. This roster is going to go through a traumatic turnover. It's got to be changed because you got aging guys on the defense because we need more playmakers on offense because you need to rebuild the offensive line in many respects. And speaking of the offensive, offensive line, line, I, I thought James up. Daniels had a great game and you saw him standing up and giving the signals and so forth. And maybe now it is time to move him back to center and have him be the lead guy because he was calling those plays. And so I was super excited to see him take control of the offensive line because we need a leader on that offensive line. Cody Whitehair doesn't speak up much. Much Sam Mustafer is, is too brainiac and, and doesn't have the strength to play the center as well as we would like it. James Daniels is the perfect guy, and maybe today was, was James Daniels coming out party, guys. They, yeah, the offensive line, because on that last drive, he had a solid pocket in terms of he being Justin Fields. So uh, Larry Borum, a rookie, uh, he, I know he had a, he had one penalty today, but that was the only penalty that was only blemish going up against TJ Watt. How, and I know he was, thank you, thank you, whoever got into the coaching staff's head. They were chipping at TJ Watt, giving Borum some help there. Either the running back or the tight ends were chipping them, releasing into the into the uh, into the uh, 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 route pattern. So thank God the coaching staff decided that hey, we're going to go ahead and and chip away at this premier pass rusher. Still got three sacks, but still it was it could have been worse than that. Uh, so I think Bourne was was a bright spot at right tackle. I think Jason Peters continues to to be you know a, a solid you know left tackle in terms of at least a pass pass uh, pass protection. And you talk about James Daniels. I mean, yeah, that 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 call was a BS call on him, but I'm telling you, he was. He was moving guys out in, in that middle of that that um, that uh, offensive line there as well. So offensive line was another another bright spot for me, uh, you know, for, uh, overall. 
Um, I'll go along with Justin Fields. And I, again, the, the Cole Komet Justin Fields combination is, is starting to perk up there a little bit. And that's exciting to see because that, that's a future of your offense there as well, those, those, those premier positions. And hey, Jimmy Graham made a catch, man. And, that, and that's that second half made a nice catch down the, uh, down the seam there for a 28 yard. And I thought he was going to get a, a taunting penalty because he got up and he spiked the damn ball. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You know, it's like, calm down. But uh, anyway, so. Um, so I, yeah, so it's it, it, there were some positives, and like I said, it's a loss, and it sucks to get a loss. And they, like I said, they should be five and four going into this bye. But you got to feel good just because Justin Fields. You just saw what this kid can do, yep. and just kind of build on this now and get that you know feeling going and get, getting better and continue to expand that offense, give him more responsibilities, allow him to get you know be a more of a threat down the field with his with his arm, and continue to use his legs in those those short yard situations. I think now he's done a good job of terms of. You know, being able to know when to pull the ball, get those you know first downs and all that stuff. Um, the Wildcat, the Wildcat was unstoppable today, guys. With, yeah, with Montgomery awesome. at the quarterback position, and, and then I want to touch on Timuni. I'm like, keep running the damn Wildcat until they can stop it because it looked like the Steelers were freaking confused with it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like I said, it sucks to lose. They should have won, but you know what? There's the, the big positive right now is just Justin Fields. Yeah, now Nagy is meeting the media, but unfortunately the audio just sucks. It's too low, so I, let, let's just continue to talk through it. In fact, if you guys want to talk, I'll listen in on what Nagy is saying, and if he says anything important, I'll tra- I'll, 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 I'll uh, report it to you guys. So why don't you go ahead and, and- – Yeah, the one thing, Tyler, I wanted to bring up to you is, is, is like these last two games, we've seen the importance of Khalil Mack, right? You know, a lot of times Mack gets, gets you know – uh, you know, uh, criticized or whatnot about you know the, the stack totals or or, or the pressures, or the, but you see this guy with him, he's not in the lineup. The his presence is sorely missed. And again, you know, there, there are times where where Roethlisberger, who again is an immobile quarterback, had plenty of time back there in the pocket. The defensive line just wasn't getting there. I think I know Quinn had one sack, but other than that, is like you know, and and also they they you've noticed that they they're starting to attack the edges more in terms of these these toss plays, these little you know sweep plays, and, and trying to get because of the the it looks like the the current defensive you know uh, edge setters are not being as disciplined or not as uh, as sound in terms of their assignments. Um, you know, as, as Mac is. So I think they're, they're trying to attack those edges there. We saw it last week with Shanahan doing the toss sweeps left and right. Mm-hmm. And then today we saw the, the Steelers kind of get affected. They're not really going up the middle so much. They're just kind of trying to attack the edge, whoever the edge setter is for the, or edge defender is for the Bears. So Khalil Mack, I think his presence was, was sorely missed these last two weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, brother. Um, Khalil Mack, any, any Bears fan complaining about Khalil Mack, they're ungrateful, unappreciative because they have forgotten what it was before we had a pass rush. I mean, it's a top generational talent. You don't trade away those many picks. Like, they're still Raiders fans, still mad at the Raiders for trading him away. And so yeah, and- I st- I'm still in awe that we got him, Danny. <laughs> it's, and so, like, with, 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 when Khalil Mack is in the game, the whole offense is aware. Right. And so that's somebody. But the attention that- he draws from the, the multiple blockers and the chips and all that stuff, that, that that's he one less player. He demands those. Players. Yeah, exactly. He, he demands, demands that. He, any player – that demands double coverage is an impactful player. Even Akeem Hicks acquires like a double coverage. And so like th- th- these things are like things that you just have to just slow down and just appreciate. I'm glad that we did get some sacks because in San Francisco, the other game, we couldn't get any sacks. Yeah, and I'm like, but, we, but we had no forced punt. We didn't punt with the guy that didn't punt last week for the 49ers. At least we got some punts to t- this uh, tonight's game. And this also goes back to the scheming of Deshaun Desai to scheme up pressures and stuff. This goes back to the defensive scheme. One guy brought it up. I didn't like the coverage in the last series. 
because there was a lot of Steelers wide, um, wide open. It was a busted coverage. I did see that one busted coverage, but um, it just wasn't a hat on the hat. I don't know if we tried to go to a soft zone when they were playing for a field goal. But I'm um, talking about the defense, man. Like Roquan Smith, like when you said you're excited, I'm excited about Roquan Smith and Justin Fields. Those are the two players that I know that will be here over the next five years. Yeah, and Roquan. So, like, Roquan too. He had a rough game last week. I mean, pretty much the whole defense had a rough game last week in terms of their run defense. And I think today he set a tone early in that first half with with two physical run fits in the middle of that a gap. Um, you know, it's just squared up uh, Najee Harris and brought him down for uh, for a loss of uh, so a tackle for loss. So, the but the other thing was, is he's one hell of a blitzing linebacker. I mean, he's a weapon as a blitzer, and I and I just I wish they would use him more as a blitzer. Uh, you saw today you know, when when he's when he comes in as as a, on a blitz, even if it's a delayed blitz, he it looks like he's launched out of a cannon uh, yeah. with his his ability to to close in quickly on on you know the, either the ball carrier or or the quarterback. So. But the other thing, the other group that to me is missing Khalil Mack or the presence of Khalil Mack are the cornerbacks. You notice when Mack and, and Quinn were doing their thing, uh, Vildor and Johnson were playing well. But now with, with a little bit more time for the quarterbacks back there with less pressure, they're yep. getting picked on a lot. And Vildor, I think, you know, that, that matchup versus the, the tight end, it was, it was a big body tight end. Uh, you know, I think it was it was a disadvantage there with size wise, but uh, you know he made a couple of nice plays, recoveries in terms of being able to come up and, and, and knock that ball away for a PBU. Uh, but yeah, we're seeing our corners getting a little picked on more here with 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 Mac out of the out of the lineup as well. No, I mean just, just just take it back to the basics about what you just said real quick, even about Roquan Smith. The fact real quick before we go back to the DBs, there's a difference between having a bad game and being well blocked. The 49ers, the 49ers have a great zone blocking scheme. And Wycheck, the fullback for 49ers, he's a, beast. He's a, he's a, beast. He's a yeah. all pro, he's a Pro Bowl, and yeah. he and he let alone took on responsibility of blocking Roquan Smith. He took the hits, and so Roquan wasn't there when he know that because somebody was detailed. When you have a coaching staff that's detailed in their preparation, it may look like somebody had a bad game. Roquan Smith was still trying to run around, but they they were prepared for him. This yeah, but there, there were a couple of times. I, I agree with you. Whitecheck is one hell of a freaking tight end. I mean, I mean, a fullback. I, I wish the Bears had a fullback like Whitecheck on the, on this roster here. But there were times like Debo Samuel, a receiver, was able to pin him inside. There was a couple of plays at, at the goal line on that that second uh, Garoppolo goal line where uh, he, he went ahead and he bit inside Roquan. He, he keyed on something. I wasn't sure what he was keying on. He bit inside, left the gap wide open. So there, yeah. there, it was a bad game for Roquan. But like I said, I, I'm a big Roquan fan. He had tested well today, came back today, and kind of showed himself here in terms of, of what he can do. And like I said, I love him coming he's our, in. The he's our, he, he is our leader on defense. He's our sideline to sideline guy. And so, um, yeah, exactly. You guys probably can't hear Nagy, but I wanted to show his image because it looks like he, uh, he's been in tears. This looks like it was a very emotional loss for him. I know it was for me. So I would imagine that it was a very emotional locker room afterwards. And I would imagine also that he might be thinking, or maybe he's been told that this was his last game coaching the Chicago Bears. Where does everybody get that? I don't, I don't, I don't see anything being reported like that. Who's, who's reporting this? I know, although you were reporting it on Thursday night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's pure speculation on my part. And 
it's speculation on the part of other people of the media who have been saying this, and a lot of it is coming from the national media. Very little of it is coming from local media. I just feel like this whole narrative that the Chicago Bears have never fired a coach in midseason, that's well, that's because George Hallis, the owner of the team, was the coach for half of those years. He wasn't going to fire himself. And so uh, so that, that has a lot to do with it. And and I just it's, – it's a gut feeling that I have. Now, he may have saved his job with that dramatic comeback, right. failed comeback, but – I, yeah. I still think that his his job is iffy right now. Because I mean, if they if they to- laid a total egg on national television and got it blown out, like look look like it was might have happened within the first quarter, <laughs> yes. then I'll be like, all right, maybe okay, yeah. whatever. But man, dude, I mean, Mark Tressman team yeah. gave up fifty burgers back to back weeks versus the Patriots and, and the Packers, and he didn't get let go. And that team was a disaster by the end of the season, and they wrote it out all the way through with him. So. I, again, uh, it might be like you said. It's a different time, different era. We talked about our, on on Bears Truth on on Thursday night there. Although in terms of the new policy with the NFL, where teams that are you know looking for head coaches uh, have a, a two week advantage in terms of they can interview assistants for playoff teams in the final two weeks of the season. So you you know you get a little leg up there if you want to make a coaching change. But I still find it very hard to believe that, especially after the performance today, where they actually fought and they came back and and thought they had a you know snatch victory from the jaws of defeat there only to see them, you know, give it right back with penalties and, and, and bad coverages. Um, I, 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 I don't think this is a game that they would fire them after, but you know, I've, I've been wrong before. What's your uh, gut feel, uh, Tyler? You think he's got a job after tomorrow, after today? I would be, I would be surprised. i will be surprised. I don't make pleasantly surprised. <laughs> uh, one, if, if he's let go, if he's let go tomorrow, I mean, I don't want anybody to lose their job, but at the same time, Danny, I don't think Matt Nagy. He's not gonna get fired because he lost this game. That's not. That's not. That's not it. It was. This is the game that you lost. No, brother. It's not about that. It's been the direction of the team. We saw progress today, but is that it? Like John's talked about, is our players trying to play out of spite? Are they winning out of spite? Justin just wants to be Justin. Justin wasn't Justin until last week, when Justin said he had his best game of his career when his head coach was nowhere in sight. And like, and so, so when Nagy's coming back into the fray. But I'm still seeing my my young quarterback finding being able to be himself. Why is he just not being able to be himself? This goes back to player development. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't want anybody to lose their job, but I my love is for the Chicago Bears and the team and our current roster. And so my my gut feeling is that like I hope we make a move sooner than later because it's like it, I don't want to hear the same song and dance next offseason about the players know what they're going to do faster now and everybody's going to know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that stuff. My, so, my thing is, if, if you're if you're going to, if you're the McCaskies and you know you're going to clean house, okay, do it now. Get, get a head start on it, right? But if you're, if you're, and you're humming and hawing and you're like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm going to keep Ryan Pace, I'm going to let Ryan Pace go, I'm going to fire this coach, you're not going to coach. You, you got to decide now. So if ownership, I have a feeling, doesn't know what the hell they're doing at, at the end of the season, I just can't see them making a decision like this in the middle of the season. Now, if Ryan Pace goes to McCaskey says, hey, I'm firing, I want to fire Matt Nagy, they're going to be like, oh, all right, what, what's the what's the positive there? Who are you going to bring in within the staff? Because you're not going to go outside the, outside the organization and bring in a coach right now, right? You got to elevate someone within the staff. Tell me what, why you feel Coach X is is better best suited now to lead this team than, than Matt Nagy, and then if you're Ryan Pace, that's, that's an easy that's a, that's an easy uh, answer. The, the way Tabor the way Tabor answered the the questions in that postseason and that po- in that post game loss, I mean, not, not, but not, not, I'm, not, I'm not making a stable, Danny. No, I'm I'm giving you fact. I'm giving you like critical 
like Bears Nation facts of what I've got from Bears media, Bears fans on Twitter and Facebook, just in the, in the circles that I'm at, the, the, the transparency and the information being transmuted to the public, okay? We, we're being sick of just letting leaders just do what they want to do, and they're going to tell us everything is great, they have a great practice, and we're just going to believe it. No, Brian Taylor, but, but I, I understand. I understand, and, and I trust. Me. Ask Aldo. I, I I don't even want to listen to Matt Nagy press conferences because right. he gives me jack shit. To be honest with you, just to be blunt, he gives right. me nothing. However, Bill Belichick gives you nothing if you're in New England, right? He gives you crap in terms of his his press conferences, but he's right. one of the best. He's the best coach in the NFL. So you cannot judge a head coach whether he should keep yes, his job or not. No, no, no. Dan, 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 you're, deal you're, with the media. You're mistaken, real quick. You're mistaken, real quick. Two different situations. Bill Belichick is a defensive genius and has proven Super Bowl results. Matt Nagy was brought here to fix the Chicago Bears offense and we're freaking 30th right. in our fourth oh, year. He's not. Yeah, he's not a so, offensive genius. So, so, yeah. you've, so you've lost your legway. Right. On, it's not about how you talk to social media. No, media, no. It's about how you're conducting. You're telling us one thing. We, we, I mean, we, we traded it. We traded away. I was about to say Jimmy Butler. We traded we, <laughs> Wrong team, wrong, wrong, wrong podcast. I will say this, if I can interrupt. The, the rules have changed, and we talked about this, Danny, on Thursday. Spare truth is that the Bears can start talking to NFL prospective uh, candidates for the new head coaching job two weeks in, in, in week 16. So right. in week 16, week 17, they can get a jump start on interviewing uh, potential coaching candidates. And so if you know for sure – that Matt Nagy is not the guy to lead the team into the future. And That's I would be question. shocked. I would be shocked that anyone in the Bears front office feels that way. If you feel that, then you have to make the move so that way you can get a jump on uh, all the other teams that are going to be looking for coaches and interviewing these coaches. Now, Hub Arkish has tweeted out, can the Nagy haters please just stop for a minute? Yes, he had a terrible first half tonight. May have to go. But Bears dominated halftime adjust adjustments Offense was created in the second and difference late. 45 years have covered countless games. This is the first I ever saw it taken away by the stripes, meaning the officials. What do you guys think about what Hub Arkish just wrote? No, I, I agree. And I respect Hub Arkish uh, a great deal. He's been he's been here, like you said, 45 years and he's seen a lot. And and I, I agree. And in terms of you know making the adjustments, getting that that team to play hard for him. That's the one thing is 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 you know when a team has quit on a coach. And this team has not quit on this coach. This team still plays hard for this coach and it plays hard for us. Now, can it be better? Hell yeah, it can be better. Like I said, the penalties, that's, they've got to stop and they go straight to the top, to the head coach. He's got to cut that out. He's got to – the one thing, I, I wasn't a big Lovey Smith fan, but he's a, but he when, when there was penalties or there was missed tackles, he took care of it. He took care of it internally and he made sure the veterans of that team – knew who to go talk to the players and, and, and put them in check. And that's what he did. That's why you have to respect Levy Smith for how he coached that team. But with Matt Nagy, it just continues to week in, week out. And again, it, it seems like I'm defending him, but I'm not really defending him. I'm just saying like I, I for me, I would, have made, I would make a change. I'm not saying I'll make a change right now, but end of season, I'm making a change. Tyler, I know you make a change. Although I know you'd make a change. But my thing is, if you're the McCaskies, do we know if the McCaskies know what they're doing? Are, are the McCaskies sure they're going to keep Ryan Pace? Because if you let Ryan Pace fire this coach or hire another coach, then you gotta you gotta be adamant about keeping Ryan Pace then, right? Because you can't fire yeah. the coach now and then keep I, Ryan Pace for the season and then fire him after the season too, can you? I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. That's that's the kind of the catch twenty two situation. Is 
if you fire Matt Nagy tomorrow, which I fully expect is going to happen, then that means that Ryan Pace is going to be the general manager in 2022. Because you wouldn't be mad at that. I'll, 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 the only reason why I wouldn't be because if I would be mad at Ryan Pace if Ryan Pace didn't make any changes because I think if if Matt Nagy's fired tomorrow, it's a Ryan it's a Ryan Pace agreeance decision. That tells me my general manager has once changed, and so like he, we can go in about Pace's like positives and negatives, but I want my general manager to care about the current circumstances and situation and about next year. And so, but at the same time. What is that coach? How much um, control does that coach have? If 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 we have a new coach, with new, are we going to give that new coach full control of the all that other stuff that comes along with the bells and whistles that some of these other coaches have gotten? Maybe, but if Ryan Pace takes does that right now, I don't. I, this for me personally, I don't mind it because Ryan Pace, thank you, thank you for doing something. You don't talk to the media. We only hear from you once a year. And so, but this tells me that enough is enough, and you and you're already looking towards the future. That's what a general manager's job is. They draft for right now, and then everything else is for the next seasons. And, and so, like, I won't be upset if Ryan Pace is a general manager next year if we have a new coach. And I just want to answer uh, uh, Four Thousand Clover's question. He says he's asking why do I think uh, why am I so confident. I, it, first of all, forget about tradition. Like I said earlier, you know, George Hallis was the coach for almost half, 40-some years of the 105 uh, years that the Bears have been in existence. So he wasn't going to fire himself. And the they, Bears had a lot of success in those years where he was not coach until the, the point where he became very old and in the 1960s, then they went through a series of coaches between before Matt Nagy. But you look at all those coaches, they were all fired in one or two years. Jim Dooley, Abe Gibron, they were both here for two years. I don't think you can look at, at, at the past and say that they don't do that. I think that the groundswell has become so, so intense, so thick. The Bears Alumni Association, former players are saying, this is intolerable. You can't do that. People were in George McCaskey's ear, people that he respects, and they are telling him, this guy cannot uh, develop your quarterback. Look at what he did with Mitch Trubisky, zero, and people now are starting to think maybe Mitch Trubisky can play quarterback because there's so many of the same errors that were done with Mitchell Trubisky Trubisky were done with Justin Fields the first uh, five, six games of his career with the Chicago Bears. So there's a lot of people in George McCaskey's ear that are are, are saying you got to make the change now and it's better to do it now than to wait because you'll be behind in the coaching search derby to, uh, for lack of a yeah, better yeah. way of putting I it. I understand that Mitch Trubisky was not helped by Matt Nagy, but you guys think Mitch Trubisky could have led this comeback tonight that Justin Fields did? Yes. Well, he's oh, led no. other comebacks. He's led other comebacks. Look at the uh, Eagles game of the playoffs. Trubisky's a career backup, guys. And, and I'm Danny, telling you, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that, Danny. Danny. I'm not arguing that. Well, but, but, I but will argue. Help, Aldo. Aldo. I'll argue for you, brother Aldo. Danny, <laughs> Danny, welcome to Bear Football, brother. Where <laughs> he, he, he's, I'll bet you a dinner, steak, whatever you want, man. He's never going to be a star NFL I hear you and all, and I hear you and all of that stuff. But none of that matters to me because the fact of the matter is, if Colt McCoy can go out there and learn the system, up. listen, it's not about. Uh, guess what? A, guess what? Nick Foles was. I don't. I, okay, but somebody who can't damn perform when their numbers called. 
Okay. That's so, why that's I, a backup, though. You're describing a backup, Tyler. A guy that can come in and, and, and help you win a game when your starter's hurt. So your starter's so, hurt. That's what Cole McCoy did. That's okay. what Nick Foles did. That's what his backups did. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a great backup. Fine. He's not a, he's not a 16, 17-week NFL starter that's going to win you consistently. I'm sorry. He's very so, limited. So, so what, what, what quarterback is without proper development? I, I understand Matt Nagy didn't didn't do what a great. But we're Denny. talking about basic quarterback stuff here. We're talking about Denny. being able to get, get the ball Denny. downfield with accuracy. Denny. That's not Denny. coaching. Danny, what quarterback is all those things you just said without proper development? What do you mean? What, what do you mean? Without I don't proper, your question. Okay. Without development. Okay. Which but he's, it's, it's not one or two years, Tyler. It's been four or five. It's been four years. Two different coaching staffs. We've seen again. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a ten-year player in the NFL's oh, backup. Man. He has limitations in terms of processing the game quickly. Uh-huh. In terms of being yep. able to be accurate downfield with yep. the football. Yep. You can't be a starting yeah, quarterback no, no, you're winning. Right. You're right. with with deficiencies, dude. You're, you can't do bro, it. Bro, you're, you're so right. And you and you remind me of those same guys that said all those things about Tom Brady when he when he came out no, the draft. I mean, no, no. Every single thing you just said that's not was true. said about Tom Brady during his draft. That's a fact. That's that's not that, that was just scouting off Tom Brady's college career. That's not saying that no, you know once Tom Brady started playing the game. They, they said they, they say they say he will not perform well in clutch situations. Danny, what I'm saying is if you give the right type, if you give the right um appreciative person a good a right the right environment, Russell Wilson. Third round draft pick. The guy that was there was making seventy million. Russell Wilson is a hell of an athlete, dude. Yes, Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell oh Wilson's God. career at, at Wisconsin, oh NC State, was the, ten times better than Danny, the career what, that Trubisky the point, had. But the point that I'm making was the way Pete Carroll coached them along. They ran Marshawn Lynch on first and second down, and they right. R- Russell didn't start to do go into his own until the second half of the season. This, right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not guessing here. I'm telling okay. you football facts. About but but I'm, I'm telling you stuff that I've heard from NFL scouts, right? Uh-huh. Trubisky is what he is. Dude, Sean Payton had an opening for a quarterback. Vic Fan had an opening for a quarterback. All right? right. These guys, Sean Payton took Marcus uh, uh, Trevor Simeon and rather have him as, on his roster than bring in Mitchell Trubisky. Why is okay. that? Sean Payton is a guy who can develop quarterbacks. Sean Payton is a guy who knows quarterbacks. I'm telling you, the book is out on Mitchell Trubisky. He is limited. Great athlete, great guy. Ten-year NFL, uh, uh, ten-year uh, veteran uh, backup quarterback. I feel that's, you. That's, that's, he's, that's he's, his ceiling. He's, he's, he's on a first-place team in the, in, in the AFC. He hasn't done. He has done shit to, to earn not, that first not, place Danny, on the team. Not, you're not hurting my feelings by talking about Mitch. You're not hurting my feelings by talking about, about Mitch. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to I, set the, the, the facts straight here. He's not going to be a, a successful NFL starting quarterback. I mean, I mean, Tyler, Danny, Tyler if, is not drunk, by the way. Troy, if, 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 Danny, Danny, if that's the case, brother, please. Do we know that for sure? Tell, tell, tell me, please tell me the, the numbers for the Powerball tonight, Danny. Since you, uh, I mean, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Tell, tell me the winners. For, I mean, if you know those things, like tell me to tell, tell us the lottery. I, I the can't lottery. predict the Powerball numbers, but I can scout quarterbacks, dude. I'm telling you right now, Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be an NFL scout. You ask any any NFL scout out there, the book is out on Trubisky. Yeah, why is that, Danny? Why that? Because why they've seen him play, bro. They've seen him play exactly, exactly, bro. Dude, Adrian Amos okay, went to the Packers and, and they let's, Adrian let's, Amos went to the Packers and he told them what this guy cannot do because he knows him out because he was on his team. Because of this crappy ass playbook, bro. What are you talking about? Oh, the playbook's right, crappy. I, I'm, I'm not a doubt, but <laughs> everybody yeah, dog, you're talking nonsense to me, champ. 
I'm telling you right now. I, hey, I, the good, talking, good no, news is talking, we got Justin Fields. I, 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 will, I will pick Mr. Trubisky with me in a bar fight than most of my people in my own network because my man has grit and he's appreciative and he's a hell Sorry. of a student. Oh, yeah. he, he might be a, he might be a good fighter, but he sucks as a quarterback. <laughs> he, how did, he tore our asses up in preseason. preseason. That counts to you? You can't count that, Tyler. You can't count that. to you? you little Mac Come on, man. Dead, you? Come All right, on. dog. Hey, man, you sound like a man who hasn't strapped up on the field in a long time. Football, and preseason, you can still get hurt. Pre, yeah. if, preseason, <laughs> if, if preseason didn't count, you couldn't tell you. Trubisky is a bum-ass backup quarterback. All right, right, right. I want to get off this. I want to get off this. Let's talk about this Bears loss tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Besides Justin Fields, was there anything else that you could see as a silver lining? And again, we're not, you know, we're not happy about silver linings or moral victories or anything like that. But any any other players stand out other than the ones that we've identified? Justin Fields, James Daniels, um, Cole Komet had an excellent game. There's a nice chemistry going on between the two of them. Tyler cited the play of Roquan Smith, outstanding game by Roquan Smith. Danny, you talked about Eddie Goldman. Who else uh, did you did you appreciate today? One of the main silver linings is our franchise running back and David Montgomery coming back, running downhill. I mean, he what I didn't I didn't see any hampering at all. I saw him pushing the pile for first downs. He's a man who looked like he was watching um, Khalil Herbert do great these past couple of weeks. He said, "Oh crap, I'm on a hot block. If I don't come back playing perform, I could be out of here." But at the same time, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they keep those two horses together. But David Montgomery, glad to have our guy back, somebody who I expected to have a 1,000 yards plus this season if he didn't miss all these games. It's now like a numbers game. But David Montgomery catching the ball out the backfield, picking up picking up blitzes. I mean, there were some other things that it's, – it's what he does without the ball that I appreciate just so much. But David Montgomery coming in, not afraid to run straight up and run through people. And then when you talk about Cole Komet, he got a lot of slack from – Dropping that 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 quick that touchdown pass um last week, but Cole Komet being able to catch on the run that's a that's my pile of bricks and like and like like John like John would say when you spend that high of a draft pick on that position it's cool to get him involved. He led us in yards and yards this game. I was hoping that he would have got a hundred. That'd have been super dope for the young man. I don't. He's not getting the, the red zone looks like I, I think that's we we still use Jimmy Graham for those type of things. But um, but, but Cole Komet, his blocking, Aldo, Danny, can you like like the, the blocking of Cole Komet? I am so impressed, man, because like, I mean, you, a tight end, yeah, you want to block, you want to block, but like, yo, I'm seeing some legit blocking from my guy, which kind of sucks because I don't want to, another. They're not gonna put another tight end to block, which takes away from catches that he could have got, and so like those those two things, I'm truly truly excited about about our. Our, um, when we talk about who's going to be here over the next four years, Cole Komet, David Montgomery, Justin Fields, Roquan Smith. Yeah, I, I, I have to say that I think people have been unfair in their criticism towards Cole Komet. It takes tight ends two to three years to get acclimated to the NFL game because so many responsibilities that they have, blocking, catching, you, you name it, they have a lot of responsibilities. And Cole Komet is, I think, progressing nicely. And don't forget, again, that he's dealing with a quarterback that he didn't get those reps with like Jesse James did. And by the way, I want to interrupt myself by, by sharing this with you. This is Brad Big saying that Cassius, uh, Cassius Marsh, he met with the media and he says he thought that it was the incidental contact with referee Tony Carrenti that he made, uh, uh, that he believes Carrenti was acting with intent. Yeah, that's what Tyler so, and I said. Yeah, that's what yeah. Tyler and I said. 
That's exactly yep. what you guys said. And so I, you can bet that Cassius March Marsh is going to be uh, uh, fine for that. But yep. I'm glad that he spoke out. And while I didn't get an opportunity to listen to the entire Matt Nagy interview, people are, are saying on social media and in our chat room that Matt Nagy didn't support uh, Marsh, that he and, and he didn't criticize the officiating in this game which to me is a coaching blunder. One of the things that you have to do is you got to take the fine for your team and say, listen, we were screwed by, mm-hmm. by the, those officials. I, my players did enough to win this game. We made mistakes and I will not, and they, those mistakes will be addressed one-on-one in our, and in our group meetings. But, the officials didn't make it any rougher on us, and we will be lodging a complaint with the NFL for the numerous calls that they messed up on. That's what Matt Nagy should have said. And if he didn't say that, if he did say it, and I missed it, I apologize. But if he didn't say that, it's another reason why he should be fired tomorrow. Aldo, and that, that goes side to side. Danny, I'm glad you're here, brother, because I want to talk to you since the last time we were here. But the last time you were on the show, Danny, was when Aaron Rodgers said he owned us. And I told you that was going to be a very big damn deal the next morning. And it was because, like you said, it doesn't solve anything if Matt Nagy says anything. But for Chicago, it did. The fact that the head coach, the person who can't talk to the media, because when when that man's granddaughter is sitting up there and nobody's defending our turf, but he spends all week long talking about how good the other team is. And you can't even pick and choose to have your players back or your team back when we get taken care of, when we get taken, when we get embarrassed by the Green Bay Packers at home, and then when you're out on the road and you can't stand it for your players. Those exit meetings, Aldo, if if, if he's not fired tomorrow, it should it, it's going to be on what the players say during their exit meetings with general manager Ryan Pace at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's going to be like, Justin, do you, are you being developed? That's the question I want to know. Justin has to be real. Are you being developed? Like, and, and these, But these are things that, Matt, that Ryan Pace has a huge scouting background has to come out and be, be be aware of. Like, where are we going? The question isn't, should, should Matt Nagy be fired tomorrow? The question is, can you win a Super Bowl with your coach? If you don't believe you can win a Super Bowl with your coach, then why is he on your team? Am, am, I, am I off here? I don't think so. I don't think I'm off. If you, if you have somebody on your team that you don't feel like you can win a division with, then why are they there? And that causes for immediate change. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You you got to look at everyone in the roster and you got to grade them in terms of can this guy help us win a championship, even if it's as a role player, like a special teams player or something like that. And if you don't have, then you got to get rid of the guy and find somebody who 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 can. Now, sometimes you can't find somebody and sometimes you make bad adjustments or bad evaluations, you know. Danny knows that all scouts aren't infallible, you know, and but that's 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 the case. And and I think with the case of the Chicago Bears is that they've made some some poor evaluations on certain players. Danny, you, uh, at the halftime show, you talked about uh, Jimmy Graham. You were down on him. What did you think about? <laughs> what was it? Just one catch, right? He had yeah, he had. I, I, was it two catches in the second half or something like that? He had two catches. That that one down the seam, that twenty-eight yarder was 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 a nice catch. Uh, he was able to go ahead and extend outside his frame, which what Jimmy Graham does best when he was younger, uh, and and bring in that catch. I, like I said, I was a little worried he could spike the ball, and I thought he was going to get a penalty. But luckily, he didn't get a penalty there. However, but that that ball that he missed in that first half, 
That's what you're here for, Jimmy Graham. You're a big target in the red zone, one-on-one versus an undersized defender. You got to go up and you got to you got to square that ball up. You got to get bring it in and secure that that touchdown catch. And just like how the rookie Pat Fryermuth was doing it against Kendall Wilder uh, for the Steelers, that's what Jimmy Graham should have been doing for uh, for that first half catch. So I think you know we discussed it real quickly there at halftime. I think I think Jimmy Graham, and I, I, that's also this something like that again. This is just my opinion here, but I think the 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 Jimmy Graham. You know he's a, he's a, he's a lead, he's, a, he's a mentor to uh, to um, to Cole Komet, and I think Cole Komet has kind of been, in, in a way, kind of you know taken aback and didn't want to kind of step on Jimmy Graham's toes, and I think that may have maybe slowed down Cole Komet's development as well. But I think finally now Cole Komet's seeing, hey, you know what? It's my turn to shine. You know Jimmy Graham is being slowly but surely getting, getting squeezed out of the offense here. He's getting a minimum a handful of snaps. I think I only saw him like a 10, 10 or 15 snaps at all today on offense. So I think Cole Komet's finally realizing, hey, it's my turn to kind of take the lead here and become the the, the lead tight end. And and like, like Tyler was saying, he he's a wide tight end as opposed to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is more of a flex split out tight end. They call him the Joker position sometimes. But uh, uh, you know, but Cole Komet's more of a round, you know, uh, um, all around tight end guy who can line up in line, guy who can flex out in, in the slot and make big plays down the field. So I think I think now Cole Komet kind of taking those next steps. Is, is a positive sign for the offense, positive sign for, for Justin Fields as well. So, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, Jimmy Graham is a guy uh, has been, a, has had a great career. I've met, but he, if he's a guy who's got cut tomorrow, I, I would not shed a tear uh, if, if we lose Jimmy Graham. I, I just think he, he's out, out, you know, state his welcome here on this, on this football team. So, well, um, and, and the money that if you cut him, I, I'm, I'm guessing here, I'm speculating, there will be about 3 to $4 million available because you don't have to play off the, the rest of that $9 million. $9 million. It's, he's playing under a non-guaranteed contract. So if that frees up 3 to $4 million, you're not going to find anybody in the street that deserves that. But you can start to negotiate with the Roquan Smiths, with the guys who are your, your nucleus of the team, and you can start hopefully locking them up and avoiding getting any of these key players out into free agency. By the way, I want to talk about Amir uh, Reynolds here because I disagree with you, Amir. I apologize here, but I don't think Kendall Vildor is the worst cornerback in the league. By far no, not. Far he not. was burned, and Mike North said this on Twitter too, um, he was burned two or three times in this game tonight. But he, even on the plays that he was burned, he was fighting. In position. He was in he position was to make a play. And, and, and it's just ridiculous for anyone to look at what Kendall Vildor did out there and be hypercritical of him. Guys, guy Kendall Vildor. Developing into a good cornerback, in my opinion. Kendall Vildor is, is about 5'10", 178, 80 pounds. The, the tight end he was fitting up against was 6'5", 265, 270, the, the rookie from from Penn State. So, again, this is, you know, a big body tight end going up against a smaller body, you know, defender. And we, Tyler and I kind of touched on it earlier, although when you were kind of trying to look at listen to the tape there, you know, the 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 lack of the pass rush, you know, with with, with Khalil Mack, I think has that his presence not only has affected the guys up front, but I think has also affected the the, the cornerbacks. I see you see Jalen Johnson and, and Kendall Villa getting picked on a little bit more now because the lack of that outside pass rush. When 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 Mac and Quinn were going at it, quarterbacks knew they had to get rid of the ball quickly. And I think they weren't they didn't have really time to pick on those cornerbacks. But I think now with with Mac out there, Quinn coming off of, of COVID now two weeks removed, you know he had a sack today, but he hasn't been really that 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 guy that that you know we saw earlier in the season with with Mac not there. He's getting more attention obviously now. So I think that also has affected the cornerbacks. 
you know, that, that touchdown, that, that first touchdown to, uh, to Fryermuth. I mean, he, uh, uh, Big Ben had all day there to throw. There was really no pressure on him whatsoever. And then finally, you know, uh, Fryermuth was able to get uncovered from the, the coverage of DHC and then get that touchdown. So, again, that pass rush up front, I think in the second half we saw a little bit more of a, of a you know, re, reinvigorated pass rush there. Uh, I don't think they got any, any – I think they got one or two sacks. I think Roquan had a sack on a, on a, on a delayed blitz, and I think another play had a, had a sack off the top of my head. I can't remember who it was. But um, just, you know, continue to get that pressure up front. So I think that pressure up front, the lack of with Mac not there, has hurt the corners as well. But uh, going mm-hmm. back to your earlier question in terms of uh, a positive, a, a guy that, um, that I've been pleasantly surprised with is, is Larry Bourne, my right tackle. Uh, you know, he's a guy that that I scouted as, as a right tackle. I, I think he could have played guard or right tackle. I don't know why they were talking about him at left tackle. But anyway, I think right tackle is a position that he's kind of growing into. I know TJ Watt was credited with three sacks, but guys, uh, those are mainly, uh, uh, you know, um, Fields kind of trying to escape, run away, and he was tackled behind the line of scrimmage by, by TJ Watt on a couple of those. I don't think those were just clean sacks. Uh, if I'm, I could be wrong, but I, I think I know two of them were just he tackled Justin Fields as he was trying to escape out of pressure behind the line of scrimmage and was credited with a sack. So I think Borum, he did get help today. And thank God he got help today. Like I said earlier, the tight ends were chipping, the running backs were chipping, which is how you're supposed to help rookie tackles until they develop themselves. So I think he is a positive to, to look at, to keep an eye on. I don't want to see Jermaine Effetti. I know he was reactivated from the COVID list today. I don't want to see him play unless there's an injury. I keep Jermaine Effetti's ass on the bench. I think I, I like this this little core they have going on with the offensive line. Like I said, that last drive, the one that the Bears took a lead on, um, there was a solid pocket. Now, yeah, I'm not saying it's, it was a six, seven, eight, you know, eight second pocket, but he, he had a three, four seconds where he can go and get rid of the football, go through some sort of a progression there. And I, I like that, and especially when, at, at a time of the game crucial time down the stretch where you know the Steelers are going to pin their ears back and go after your quarterback. The offensive line stood their ground against one of the premier pass rushers in TJ Watt and at least gave Justin Fields enough time to get rid of the football and make those plays down the field and, and give us that, that that lead momentarily. So Larry Borm is a guy that I'm pleasantly surprised on. Another guy, a young guy, right? There we're going to, we talked about Khalil Herbert, Montgomery. I love David Montgomery. I like him, him the combination of Montgomery and Herbert in the backfield. I absolutely love it. Uh, I know somebody reached out to me on Twitter today talking about the, the can't wait till Tariq Cohen comes back. I'm like, why? I'm like, this, these two guys are better running backs than Tariq Cohen ever was. Cohen will give you a little bit of that gadget play, but again, he's not going to be 100% probably till next year. They're looking at, at the way his, his recovery is going. So um, I'm loving the, the running backs now, the position we have there. I, Darnell Mooney, we, we saw him a little bit life there in the second half. I want to see more from Darnell Mooney. Alan Robinson, hopefully he's okay with that ankle. Hopefully he didn't re-aggravate it. I want to see him and, a, uh, and Justin Fields continue to develop. Uh, that 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 rubber part, you know, downfield and, and get and, better. Uh, excuse me for interrupting. The latest report on uh, a Rob is that it's a hamstring. Okay. So uh, on top of that tender ankle, uh, we might see him out for a couple of games. So the bye weeks come at a good time for him now. He may help rest up that that hamstring and hopefully be ready by the time they they play the Ravens here in in two weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, this to me is all about Justin Fields. And I know it's a loss, but, man, I'm I'm juiced, man. I'm excited. And I I don't know if you guys can see this or not because I see – what I was telling everybody when when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, guys, this is different. This guy has that star potential. You just got to give him the tools around him, protect him, and make sure. Tyler, you're right. Justin Fields is a, is a former baseball player. 
but he slides like a guy who's never played baseball in his life. So he scares the hell out of me when he slides. Because yeah. so, I don't think he wants to slide. That's the thing. It's like he, he fights himself, you know? There were a couple and of times. that hit by yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick on the sideline, that scared me too because he went flying. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. You know, so, you know, like right now, I just want this kid to continue to develop, stay healthy, and just, you know, continue to get better and better. Tyler, I want to show you this replay of uh, Tony Carrente, the official, because Cassius March is, is saying that Carrente hip-checked him. Yeah. And, uh, and, and March is saying that if he would have done that to the official, he would get fined. Watch it here. There's Look, Carrente. It's, it's, already, it's already on it. His hand, his, hand, his, his hand was already on the flag, and he, he kind of stuck his butt out. Look. That's what, that's what uh, March is saying, that he – he he should not have been hit like that because if he were to do that to the official, he would be fined. Why is Carrente allowed to do that to a player? Just stick his hip out there. This is wrong. This he is was wrong. ready to throw that fly out though. He should be able. I mean, I don't know unless he gets he, unless he gets fined. I would file a grievance. Not like, not, not Current. Uh, excuse me. Uh, uh, Cassius Marsh is saying that celebration that he does where he did, he did the kick and so forth. He says he he's been doing that his entire career. He's never been called penalized for it. No one's ever told him it was wrong or anything like that. And he says that he, when he looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers sideline, he didn't say a single word. Didn't say a single word. So. That penalty is going to be discussed. Watch, turn on the ESPN and all your morning shows and so forth. That's going to be one of the first things that's been uh, discussed is this penalty because it really, really ruined the Bears' chance. This entire weekend, the penalties sucked. Did you guys watch the, the game last night between the Rams and, and the Titans? That was the, one of the, the worst officiating games that I've seen. I mean, this might have been the second worst today. But, I mean, the, the, the officials, at one point, they, they stopped play. They huddled. And then just you know put the ball back in action. And everybody's like, even the announcers, Al Malcolm's like, okay, what was that about? You know, they didn't, they didn't announce anything or nothing. Just stopped the play. And then even the coach is like, what's going on? It, it was just horrible. Yeah, it, that, it was, is that, was, that was a game. I know we talking about that, but that right there was like when I saw that, I was like, wow, that just not cost us the game, but like they were supposed to be punting. It was yep. full. That was it. We were about to three get points, the ball. man. They, they got a field we goal off of that. We, we were about to get the ball back right. down by three. No, we about to get the ball. We about to get the ball back down by three. Yeah. Right. And exactly. and so like wow. Just like just but that's but that's why that's why I was so mad at the coach for yelling at Marsh cuz I'm like, "Bro, did you not see what just happened? How are you yelling at him? Did you were you not paying attention?" And like, that coach, I'm not sure what his name is. He did come over and apologize to Marsh later. I, I did see him. He, okay. he did apologize. But yeah, I, I felt the same way that you did, Tyler. When I saw him go over there, he he reamed Marsh out. He reamed him. And I'm like, like you, should have, you, you should have been yelling at Mario Edwards like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mario Edwards, man, that guy is a walking penalty machine. <laughs> Jeez. All right, guys, uh, let's start to wrap this up. Uh, and I want to just, be, before I do, we've got a lot more coverage of this game coming up tomorrow. Greg Gabriel will, will be with me tomorrow afternoon. And, and uh, while this is kind of our bye week here at the Barroom Network, we might throw some special things in because, again, I got a feeling there's going to be some dramatic news coming out of Hallisaw tomorrow. But, uh, I'm telling you, if something happens tomorrow, Aldo, I want to know who your sources are. You, you've got some sources that, that you're not revealing here. Uh, all right, Danny, you want to uh, give us final thoughts and then we'll go to Tyler and then I'll close the shop. 
Yeah, I mean, final thoughts. I, I, again, I, the Bears should have won these last two games, guys. The, the Bears should be five and four going into the week. I, I truly, you know, believe that. I, I think, you know, initially first quarter, I was so distraught in terms of what was going on, what I was seeing. I, I saw the Bears are looked like the Bears are being outclassed in terms of, you know, talent on the field, coaching staff, and all that stuff. And I love the the fight and they, they showed in the second half. But I'm absolutely on cloud nine in terms of what Justin Fields showed, especially that last drive. You know, the the you know the lights are on, the bright lights are on national television. Let the team down in hostile environment on the road. Give us that lead. Yes, it, it was a short-lived lead, but uh, but that's what it's all about now, guys. Is, is Justin Fields and this kid developing and getting better, and hopefully, but you know, by the time the season ends, he you know he's a you know fully you know not fully developed, but he's he's way you know on his way to being that. That star quarterback that I've predicted he was going to be, you know, once he's come out of, came out of Ohio State. So, really excited about that. We talked about some of the positives in terms of the, the running backs we have. The the offensive line looked solid today. Um, you know, not overall great game, but you know, pretty much I, I give him like a CC plus. Probably maybe in a B minus. I got I got to break down the tape and, and just kind of look at it all over again. But that was positive. Uh, Eddie Goldman was back uh, last week. It may have been an aberration. I, you know, I, I defended this kid over and over again. I said last week the tape was really something that I've I'd rarely seen Eddie Goldman get that that manhandle at the line of scrimmage. And today he was doing the manhandling. Um, so that that's a positive as well. But uh, you know, to me, is on defense, Khalil Mack's presence is, is sorely missing. People who doubt that Mack brings a a, a presence or is dom a dominant force on defense, even though he's not getting those sack numbers that a lot of these premier pass rushers get. Uh, you can just see right now, you can feel the difference uh, on this defense when he's not out there. So, um, but, you know, again, it's all about Justin Fields. And for me, that that's a positive. Loss sucks. They should be five and four, but they're three and six. And But, unless, but at least they have a, a young developing quarterback. And I, I, I want you both guys to, to comment on this before we leave the air. ESPN Stats and Info says that Justin Fields aired it out all night, averaging 15.6 air yards per attempt. That's the second most by any quarterback in a game this season. His seven completions on balls 15-plus yards downfield are tied for the most by a Bears quarterback over the past 15 seasons. So when Danny says that he's excited, the, the numbers back him up too. I, I'm excited. Tyler, I've been saying, although I've been saying you got to build this game up, keep, keep, you know, progressing, keep getting better and keep getting better. Now we're seeing some of that ability to get the ball downfield. Now just get that talent around him, protect him. And I think the, you know, the sky's the limit. Tyler, your thoughts. Is Tyler frozen? <laughs> I think he is. I think he is frozen. <laughs> What a great look. Look at this guy. <laughs> Man, you look like you look like you're really angry at Tony Carrenti, that official. <laughs> we'll see if we can get him back. But what do you think about what uh who was it here? Uh Troy says air yards are a trash stat. I don't I don't think that's correct. What do you think? No, it, it, all it does is show, Troy. All it does is show you the, the, that the quarterback's trying to get the ball downfield. The, the offense trying to matriculate downfield, and that's what you want to see, right? You don't want to see five, six, seven yard averages. That means that they're pretty much throwing these checkdown plays. So you know it, that doesn't necessarily mean the quarterback had a great game or, or anything like that, because a lot of times a lot of those stats could be developed during garbage time. But the fact that you know you, it was a close game. You know, took the lead and the you know real late in the game. You, you could tell it was it was a crunch, you know, t 
time moment, you know, throws that he made. And, uh, and again, this is what we're talking about with this kid is just kind of build him up, continue to develop him. And, you know, we, we, I've told you guys before, this guy is so comfortable under center that play action, you know, game is, is, is right up his alley. His he's comfortable, you know, turning his back, faking that handoff for one, one or two seconds and then turning around and, and looking for his, his options. You know, a lot of quarterbacks come out of college. They're, they've been playing in their shot in the shotgun for most of their career and they want to stay in the shotgun, but you know, Justin Fields is a different breed. You know, he's comfortable under center and I want to see more of him under center because that also it eliminates the guessing game from the, from the defense as well, because now the defense says, are, he could hand off the ball. He could throw the ball as opposed to in, in, in the, um, in the shotgun, those, those, you know, handoffs, those, those play fakes are a little bit hard to sell as opposed to when you're under center and you're actually running back there and, and doing an actual play action. Now that's another area of the game. Maybe he can develop and get better there. It's just, you know, continue to sell that, that, that handoff a little bit more, that play action and continue to get those defenders to bite in more. And now you can hit them over the top. Mm-hmm. Great analysis as ever. It looks like we lost, um, uh, um, uh... Tyler, who is uh, doing work for our country. And as always, we appreciate Tyler and all of our members of the armed services who do uh, the heroic work that this country needs. And um, and, um, and and we're just so appreciative. Uh, Troy says that, good points, Danny. Uh, you're like a so oh gosh, a sober driver. I'm not sure that's a compliment. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that. I'll let that, I'll that be go. I'll let that go. Thank you, George. <laughs> all right. Uh, again, uh, Greg Gabriel and I are going to talk about this game and all the latest from Hallisaw. We're actually going to be on at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Um, uh, Greg is going to get his booster shot. You get your booster shot, Danny? Uh, not yet. I, I I think they're looking to uh, – because Moderna's filing for the FDA-authorized uh, uh, emergency use. So I, I don't think I, that's the only one I had. So I, I'd rather stick with Moderna, even though I, I know I can mix it, but uh, not yet. To answer your question, not yet. I love what Toa says here. There he is. He's back. Tyler, Toa said that you went on a special black ops to get quarantine. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Enough is enough. <laughs> I swear, if he came out with, with like the... The paint, face paint on, and <laughs> the, camel, a white shirt. the camel. It's either he's either coming for Corinthia or me, one of the two. <laughs> uh, uh, Tyler, uh, your uh, final thoughts, and thanks for coming back, brother. Oh, absolutely, man. Final thoughts, Bears Nation. Um, we, we took we took an L today, but we took it on the chin. It was good to see our team fight. Um, on a national stage. Um, we never just want to just um, lay over. So it was really, really cool to see our team show some fight. Um, don't let this um, mess up your week, like I will always say. Um, we need to be productive above our circumstances. Like I'm going to share my sage advice that my father gave me. Every single Bears player and coaches are still getting paid millions of dollars for their activities tonight. And um, But I did see progress from um, our future, from our franchise quarterback, Justin Fields. And um, he's an amazing talent, and this team is definitely going to be going far. Um, <clears throat> protect your peace. Um, stay tuned on the Barroom Network. We have tons of coverage. My brother, um, John Buffon on Buffon 55, and from Pastor Mike, from um, Bulls 101 to Bulls Gold, um, and the Bears Truth with Danny, uh, and Al- Danny and Aldo. And so um, there's a lot of great content coming down the pipe. Um, protect your peace. And just remember, the, own, the, the true fear is prison. And when you break the chains from your mental aspect, you can really do anything you set your mind to. 
Um, it's not about what you do, but who you get to do it with. So appreciate the people you have in your life to everybody that you love them. And um, God bless and bear down. And we'll see you all here after the bye week. Fantastic words, Tyler. I'm uh, so lucky to have done this show tonight with you and Danny and everyone that participated in the chat room. Really, really uh, uh, glad that you guys come here. There's lots of choices that you have for your after game show stuff. Uh, the fact that you come here really uh, it, uh, means a lot to all of us here at the Barroom Network. So we will uh, see you tomorrow. Greg Gabriel and I will be here at three o'clock and we'll break in even earlier if uh, if there's news from House Hall about some uh, big stuff. So <laughs> Danny shaking his head no. Tyler shaking his head yes. That'd be awesome. If this happens tomorrow, I am I am coming to your house. I want to find out who your sources are. <laughs> Come to my house. I'll save you some of this. We'll get drunk. <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>